Welcome to the 444th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that feels like shit but isn't going to let it get in the way and is really sure about that count because it sounds really dumb to say 444 for any other reason. And joining me in that wondering what the fuck is going on, how many fucking episodes we've done, and why the fuck I sound like Kathleen Turner in Overdrive is my co-host, Matt. Yeah, you should just settle it down on the voice there, pal. You're, you're all right. We can understand. You don't have to yell constantly. Even I mean, when you're sick, you could, you're geared up already. You could just calm down. <laughs> it's 100% or nothing with me. We're either going to do the fucking show or we're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we both have said that for the longest goddamn time. And to both of our credits, in really serious sickness, we have done some episodes where we didn't even know where the fuck we were half the time. Some there's, of them. There's one time together. we had to stop mid episode because I couldn't stop vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to cut that out and put it in. I think that's how I invented outtakes where I was like, uh, people have to know what Matt went through to make that show happen. So, yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a rough, that was a rough go of it. <laughs> that's happened on more than one occasion with you as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, uh, I've, I've gotten sick a few times. Things happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the uh, wonderful benefits of being forced to go into an office is being forced to be exposed to other people's germs and getting sick whenever they come in sick. Believe it or not, now that I do my part-time job, which uh, deals with uh, around people more, I absolutely positively, I'm almost just constantly drenched in sanitizer. So like, I haven't been too bad this year. <laughs> you're, like, had, uh, you're like Frank in the flu episode of It's Always Sunny yeah. from that one of the earlier yep. seasons where he's just exactly. Exactly. Pure. And he's like all shaved and rolling around <laughs> in hand sanitizer. That's exactly it too. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, this was a airborne thing. Um, long story short, we were stuck in a shit ton of meetings like you usually are in a, you know, mm. business environment, especially when you're a developer, you get pulled into meetings like a ton. And these were all super mandatory things that has to do with like the backbone of the system that we work on and everyone had to be there. Well, yeah, attendance was mandatory and someone started feeling ill. And then attendance yeah. was like, oh no, you can, you can work from home now i could have been a zoom meeting everything i could have been a team's call honestly a lot of this stuff could have been a tldr for me in in some yeah. cases and i actually i finally gotten the okay to like back out of the meetings but that was before um mm -hmm. or that was just after the sickness had hit you, yeah so uh and it's not better just, late than never yeah it's not just me it's one co-worker came in wasn't feeling well was it, it's a mandatory thing had to be at the meeting wasn't a hundred percent sure just thought it was sinuses because our weather has been so up and down it does cause problems with sinuses and i honestly thought that that's what my issue was too because yeah. basically like we all started developing it shortly around the same time. And luckily, since I talked about it, like uh, pre-show stuff that'll end up in the outtakes, but luckily I kind of sensed it was coming. And my thought was, well, if it's a sinus infection or if it's just the dry, moist air thing going back and forth, causing issues with my sinuses, I'm not going to go, gee, I wish I wouldn't have dissolved that zinc tablet in the back of my throat. You know? Yeah, I mean? right. Yeah. I would have been like, oh no, that was such a waste of 20 minutes to let that happen. So I was like, no, yeah, I'm no. just going to start doing it now just in case. Yeah. Again, yeah, zinc is just good, good stuff. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, I do have some of like the um, chloroseptic throat spray stuff to keep me going for doing the shows because we're not going to stop. If we do stop, we're just going to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we stop, it just it's over. Yeah, until I'm finally ready to be like, no, we're going to do a hiatus and we're going to start doing seasons and we're not going to go every fucking week. We're just going to start recording in advance and releasing them whenever our seasons are ready to go. You know, like yeah, that's 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 not bad. Yeah, it's on the horizon. That's going to happen. 
happen eventually yeah. where we will give ourselves a break because really the only reason I'm doing this now is just for the bragging rights and that's becoming something that you know isn't really yeah. as important to me <laughs> you know like I yeah. want to be there every week for people that they can expect us but when we have to change our schedule for our own health and safety and mental health and all of that other stuff and we need hiatuses every now and then it's either we're going to have a show with some breaks or something like that eventually or we're not going to have a show and then it will be all breaks and we'll all be sad yeah and, and there will just be sadness all the time I'm still willing to give it a go for year 10 because what I have planned on the horizon for year 10 for both of us is going to be really self-indulgent you know oh well then I'm in <laughs> yeah you already know that you're getting some various comedies that have been like staples of your childhood that I'm letting you pick and things like that yeah. so we we know that that's coming and you know what I want to do for year 10 I've been talking oh, about yeah. it for a while and it's just nothing but pure joy for everybody so just everyone's gonna have a good time we're gonna commit to that and then at the end of year 10 we'll see how we feel about yes. whether or not we want to do a hiatus because we could probably use one after fucking 10 years <laughs> no ain't that the fucking truth <laughs> technically it would be our 11th year so taking a break after our 10th year that seems like a good solid run if we decide to do it but i don't i'm not 100 hey man on the tv shows don't even go this long <laughs> soap operas do <laughs> yes well soap operas definitely do yeah yeah but they did still take holiday breaks and things and have reruns but enough about that let's talk about what we actually came here to talk about the blood of dracula's castle aka dracula's castle um, two different versions of the film. I watched both of them. I only did notes on the shortest one because I'm not fucking stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I fast forwarded through the longer one that was on the disc to see what the differences are. And the differences are essentially this. The guy you thought was a werewolf and they were hinting was a werewolf is a fucking werewolf and they show footage of him as a werewolf. Oh, okay. Which one was shot first? I have no fucking clue. But what I think happened is all the werewolf footage replaced the footage of the guy running around in the desert that looked like shit. Just because yeah. that was the option that they made. So you have no clue. Do you even care? No, it doesn't affect the film either way, because whether the guy is a werewolf or not, he's still a murdering bastard. So, yes, <laughs> Al Addison definitely has a very specific type of character that he likes to put in there. And he's like, you know, it works so well in Psycho a Go-Go. I'm just going to put this guy in every film. <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy's the guy who should be murdering everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like Slade in his very first film in the Western was the same kind of character. And then the psycho in the titular Psycho a Go-Go there, that guy was just fucking insane, murdering people and yeah. claiming gave him 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> and then this week it's not much different so i mean yeah right what the fuck <laughs> and yeah it really is a dracula movie uh there really is a castle uh it really is in the fucking desert um this fucking carny trick worked on me again god damn it it did they got you again <laughs> yeah. they got you again it fucking did man it really fucking did that's it's pathetic i can't believe that it did so for the pirate radio edit this week to celebrate the era that the film came from I'm trying to get music that's relatively contemporary to like the late 60s, early 70s, and or is music that sounds like I stole it right out of this film, just like I've done before. I think I'm going to continue that motif with Al Adamson until I get bored with it. Or yeah. we, we finish. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. Up first is the Imps with the song, uh-oh, right after this. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. 
If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Because this is an instrumental, I think I was going for when I my fever had earlier making the yeah. getting the music leveled up and ready to go for the show. I think I was like, this sounds like it could have been in this fucking movie. Sure, I'll use it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it works. And uh, either way, it's still a good jam, and everybody had fun. And if you don't like instrumental music, then maybe this isn't the show for you because you're probably I'm, just only listening to the main feed, and that's all you get. Yeah, and I don't know, I, man. This is that's on you. Um, maybe we're not for you. <laughs> I mean, the main feed is essentially I'm just picking music that exists at this point because I'm tired yeah. of trying to find stuff that's royalty free. <laughs> you know what? You're doing a damn good job. <laughs> Don't let the haters get you down. Alright. Well, there's no haters. Everybody's always giving love and support. Everyone's so. a hater. <laughs> Sorry. I snapped. Yeah. I snapped. <laughs> well, it's understandable because this week we watched Blood of Dracula's Castle from 1969 for all Adamson Fest. And up dun, first, dun, dun. the first 20 minutes, the movie opens with a woman driving down a backcountry road, sets us some Tom Jones sounding shit. She runs out of gas about a minute and a half in and then laughs it off and goes wilderness hiking in heels. And what looks like a stewardess's outfit? Yeah, I get that. That's what it looks like. She stopped, I agree. She stops to dump a rock out of her shoe and happens upon a giant and rather homely fellow before we see the title Blood of Dracula's Castle and the opening credits over a still frame of a home in the desert before it cuts to the homely giant dragging the unconscious lady around with even more credits. We are well onto our way of five minutes of screen time before it cuts to travelogue shots of what appears to be an aquatic and marine animal torture chamber that cloaks itself as a sea park or world of the sea tourist trap, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> there is finally dialogue in this fucking movie after six minutes of me typing this shit. I'm a little salty, Oof. so that's our first clip. <laughs> I just don't believe it, that's all. Uh, wait, 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 let me let me check again. Nope. There it is, and I still don't believe it. No, Glenn, I am becoming infuriated. What don't you believe? I don't believe that the image I see in here, that beautiful, curvaceous, enticing model, has just accepted my proposal of marriage. I just don't believe it. 
I merely said I'd think about it. Hold it. It's exactly the expression I want. A smug woman. Oh, you piece. <laughs> Is that all? Ah, uh, one more for good measure. Uh -huh. There. Now, mechanically, those shots were uh, sheer perfection. So if they don't make next month's cover of Universal Magazine, it's got to be your fault. And I'll have to get another model. <laughs> Nothing personal, you understand. They continue the photo shoot at the aquatic and marine animal torture chamber before more dialogue pops up and distracts us from the fact that these animals look like they're in horrible pain. And that's our next yeah. clip. Yes, yeah, right. Telegram came up at the uh, office for you. Oh, thank you. Remarkable woman, isn't she? Hard to believe she's really my mother. <laughs> these uh, preservation techniques today are really something, aren't they? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, thank God I'm not the only one who finds you provocative. <laughs> Proves I'm not a sex fiend. Oh, it proves that all men are sex fiends. Huh. Oh, you men. You make me furious. What does it say? My, uh, Uncle Thomas has just passed away. Oh, Glenn, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right, baby. It's not like it was, uh, anything tragic. I mean, he was, uh, 108. Oh. It's funny, though. He always... He used to tell the family that he'd never go unless he could take all his money with him. <laughs> and he was such a mean old coot, you know, we actually believed him. Maybe he found a way. Yeah, well, there are some things he couldn't take. It seems incredible, Liz, but uh, I think we have inherited a castle. Castle? <laughs> Crazy old Uncle Thomas. I can use the castle as a studio. Just think of the layouts we can do for Universal now. Mm. I, I wonder if anybody lives there. I don't know. I think so. It has been rented by a couple by the name of Townsend, I know, for a long time. <laughs> but they must be as old as Uncle Thomas by now. Oh, well, we'll find out for sure when we get there. Mm, too bad about the nice old couple just have to move. Yeah. You know, Charles, this could be a great inconvenience. Rather. Moving can be such a bore, especially for people like us. Oh, this place has been so perfect for us this last 60 years. Has it been that long? Oh, time goes by quickly. But cheer up. The new owners might give us a new lease. And who knows, they might even sell. That's very likely. With the help problem, these old castles are a drug on market. But we must be careful when Mr. Uh, Cannon drops in on us. Yes, but then maybe the shock will kill him, and that would eliminate all our problems. Now, that's a good idea. But there might be some complications, so let's try and buy first, huh? Where is that butler? Downstairs, I suppose. You have had the misfortune of encountering Mango. Now you must remain here as our guest. Let me go, please. What are you going to do to me? Right now, I'm going to take a sample of your blood. What? Your blood. Didn't you hear it? He said your blood. <laughs> the old lech of a dude sure made it fucking awkward and uncomfortable at the beginning of the clip there when he's just staring at that lady, didn't he? Well, of course he did. That's what older dudes sometimes do. Is they make... Fuck him. They're just kind of creepy. <laughs> Fuck him! <laughs> 
If John Carradine shows up after you've been unconscious like that, where someone knocks you out and then all of a sudden you come to and see John Carradine standing there and you're all chained up, yeah. you know you are in trouble at that point. Yeah, you know you know some bad things happen to you or are going to happen to you or are going to keep happening to you, however this one goes. We get to watch as he draws the blood, which I guess would be shocking if it didn't look like fucking tomato juice and if we actually saw the needle puncture, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're getting what we get. All right. He walks away from his latest blood bag to reveal he has approximately four to five in total of women who are chained up in his dungeon looking sort of basement area. I question to myself why seeing them all chained up like that got me all excited in my no-no feels. And I will have to work that out with my tattoo artist on my next therapy session. Yeah, you need someone to talk to. A tattoo artist is not a therapist, Court. I don't know how many more more times I have to tell you this. But they cost the same, but I get artwork at the end. Okay, but you don't actually get the help you need. But I get a tattoo. That's oh, better. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, a tattoo artist isn't the dad who needs to take you out back to throw the ball around either. All right? Uh, they cut from this to our next clip. I'm uh, rather apprehensive tonight. Because of Johnny? Yes, I've arranged for his release. I shall be happy to see him again. Things are never quite the same when he's away. I'll have to be more firm with him. You know, he's only a problem when the damn moon is full. You're nightly stimulant, Countess. Thank you, George. Count, I think you will enjoy this vintage. Mmm, delicious. I've never had it before. It's new. Mango brought in a young girl tonight. The type double O positive. Very rare. Young girl, extremely young and beautiful. Perhaps even pure. That's too much to ask. Where did Mango find her? It seems she wandered onto our property after her car broke down. Would anyone trace her here? No, she was alone. I don't trust that stupid old... Mark my words, one day he's going to lead the police right here. I assure you, I shall find time to dispose of our guests or the police. George, we have the utmost confidence in you. Mmm, delicious. Just like old times when Johnny was here. Oh, by the way, George... We have arranged for Johnny's release. He should be here sometimes tomorrow. All right, Johnny. So far, so good. Now, you remember to tell the count. If I don't get that 5000 in my bank account with... Don't worry, Frank. You talk to Count Thompson. It'll be there. If it isn't, you tell the count I'll have cops swarming all over that Falcon Rock castle. Believe me, $5,000 is a small amount to get out of this place. It'll be a nice retirement fund for you. Yeah, I know, Johnny. That's why I'm doing this at all. Just keep in mind, I can blow the whistle on him any time. I'll remember, Frank. But please hurry, give me the key. Wait, Johnny. Special way to unlock this lock. Or else the alarm goes off. Okay, now for the bad part. Remember what I told you. Just a short, firm, but smooth stroke. Okay? I really wish this part wasn't necessary, Frank. Look, Johnny, don't worry. 5,000 bucks to buy a lot of aspirin. Good luck, buddy. Thanks. He's so wild and carefree. Not at all like we were at his age. That would be uh, three centuries ago. We have been fortunate in finding loyal and devoted servant friends like yourself. You saved me from the hangman's noose. I shall always be grateful. Our survival depends on you. However, you must admit that Johnny adds to the spice of our lives. We won't have to keep so many guests below for emergencies. 
And we shall be supplied with new vintages all time. Young and pretty, you say? Charles, why don't we pay her a visit before we retire? After all, she is our guest. And besides, we must be sure to reward Mango. Really exquisite. A perfect specimen, isn't she, dear? Very. Shouldn't you reward Mango now, dear? She doesn't look as though she's going to last much longer anyway. Uh, tell Mango we appreciate him bringing the new one in. He can have uh, number four. Oh. Let me go! Oh. No. Let me go! Oh. Let me go! I trust you are being well taken care of, my dear. Why are you here? I haven't done anything to you. My dear, we need you. You see, we need your blood. I look. What kind of thing are you? Vampires. Well, I know we may seem to be a novelty, but there are a few of us left. No, this isn't happening to me. It's a horrible nightmare. We are dramatically referred to as the living dead. Living dead? Vampires? Must be some sort of a joke. Please, tell me it's a joke. Unfortunately, my dear, it's true. We come alive at sunset and must drink the blood of a human before we retire at sunrise. When will you let me go? Oh, never, I'm afraid. We can't let you expose our little secret. How can we? Charles, the sun is about to rise. It is time for us to retire. Thank you, dear. George. Keep on the lookout for Johnny. Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. They cut from this to some seriously damaged footage of the murdering bastard that killed the prison guard dude during the clip and during his escape. We watch him running through the hills and fall down to drink from a stream, and that takes us to the first 20-minute mark. We are finally fucking here. Jesus Christ. That felt like it went on for a little bit too long. Well, there is a lot, and I mean a lot, of padded running and movement and things like that. And while it may have felt like it took forever, you also have to remember, like, I cut out all of the theme stuff, the oh, yeah. background music I mean, it's pulled still... Dead Space out, and it still felt too long, right? Yeah, it still felt like it was forever. I know, it's a little bit insane. Um, yeah. A lot of Al Adamson's stuff is definitely padded out because dialogue is cheap, so he just films a lot of dialogue, which is ideal for if you're doing a podcast review show and you just clip out all the dialogue instead of telling people what happened to it. Of course. But in some cases, you have people running around for excessive amounts of time just through the desert, which is the thing that Al Adamson likes to film because again it's free it's cheap yeah and it's his back oh yeah it's near trust me I'm, I'm well aware <laughs> right so it's like we're pretty much going to be spending a lot of time in the desert because it's free and cheap to shoot there and he didn't even like create post-apocalyptic films I mean imagine yeah. if like Mad Max were around when he was doing this shit Oof, I would, I'd rather not <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's just move on since it took forever right. to get where we're at ain't no shit <laughs> the next 20 minutes starts with a sunrise which is why the vamps went to bed in the clip and we watch as there are now hounds on this man's trail and he legs it down the river away from them as fast as he can in the hopes of being out of sight before they reach the stream or small river he is running in. This goes on with him falling, getting up, running some more, and getting up and running some more, and then reaching a waterfall where he happens upon what appears to be a sunbathing beauty in a teeny weeny blue with white polka dot bikini that she wore for the first time today. Oh, I was about to finish that. <laughs> the scumbag does not hesitate to snatch up this lovely young lady and drown her ass for no reason and still find a way to evade 
the men and the dogs as they move on from him while he is still mid-kill. This all just happens on screen. It's fucking nuts. But it works. Good stuff. (laughs) This murderous piece of garbage shuffles his way further down the stream, away from the hounds on his trail, and happens upon a dude working on his car. The killer waits until it looks like the tire or whatever is fixed before he clubs the car's owner and stuffs him in the back seat before stealing the car and kidnapping this dude to steal his clothing and not look like a fucking escaped convict on the lamb is my guess is his goal here. Yeah, um, I, that's what it seems like. He stops to murder another guy for reasons not apparent to anyone other than him and stops to rummage through the bag and steal his food. But OK, right. <laughs> they cut from this to the car being driven up to a canyon or ravine and then he drives it off. We hear a scream as it goes over, but have no idea why. Then he laughs and walks away. Now, I need to compare the Dracula's castle with this version. All the footage that was in this that I talked about was grainy and looked like shit. That all got replaced with the werewolf running around. Then the werewolf goes by a stream that looks nothing like the river that the guy wakes up on. And oh, yeah. Takes, yeah, a yeah, couple, yeah. takes a couple of drinks. And the werewolf looks like it's like a Lon Chaney Jr. Halloween mask he just threw on. Let's just be yeah, well, Because that's probably what it is. Right. And actually, for what it is, is actually decent. You know what I mean? They at least found one that looked good. So he goes and does a little drink, and then he wakes up not a werewolf anymore. And then everything else that happens where he goes and kills the lady and does all the psycho stuff non-werewolf related, that's all the same. So literally, there's chase scenes that are padding out the film even further by another six to seven minutes from here of just a werewolf running around and chasing some ladies. Mm -hmm. Which is not bad. Yeah, but the the main difference is in that cut where the werewolf is included, you see the guy waking up in the car. Yeah. That's why he screams. You don't see that in the one hour and 24 minute version that we're covering now. And that's why it's like, why the fuck is he screaming? You know, it looked like he killed the guy and just threw him in the back for his clothes. And maybe that's what he did. But in the other version, you actually see the guy waking up as the car's going over the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They cut from this to the butler dude played by John Carradine, letting this psychopath in the house or castle or whatever. And that is our next clip. Hello, George. Hello, Johnny. I see you made it. Don't sound so disappointed. I assume you covered your tracks. Don't worry. They won't be looking for me. Not for a long time. Especially not here. Are you sure? I'm sure. How are things around here? Mango's still custodian of the girl? Where else can he go? And our host and hostess. I suppose they're tucked away safely until uh, sundown? They're looking forward to seeing you again. No doubt. They probably miss my spicy method of supplying. We always have a source of supply. Yes, downstairs. Yes, why? Limited. Think of the risks, George. Young girl disappears. The investigations. What happens if they trace one of the kidnappings back here? What are the Townsends going to do then? As long as I live, I shall see that that doesn't happen. You have uh, quite a loyalty to Townsends, don't you? I have good reason to. I understand the Count saved you from a necktie party one time. What did you do to get that mob so riled up? Because of him, great God, Luna. Great God, Luna. Oh, yeah. Used to be in charge of sacrifices for him, didn't you? I mean, uh, him. They should be honored to die for him. To gain immortality so the soul would live eternally in the king greatest of all gods, Luna. You talk like you knew him. I saw him every day. Not like I see. Not a solid. You're a believer you'd understand. Nothing really exists all along. Long flesh's vessel attain the spirit, the soul, if you heard it. Until we're released, we all become part partially certain. Something happens to me when that damn moon is full. I do things I don't want to. It's almost like obeying an order from somewhere. I want to kill. I have to kill. <laughs> And all you want to do is serve up sacrifices to your old devil moon. You don't understand. You're just like those fools that tried to hang me. I understand this. If that moronic giant mango picks up the wrong girl, it's not just your neck. They'll hang off. Don't worry. No one will suspect what goes on here at Falcon Rock. 
Looks like a lovely weekend. I wonder how big Falcon Rock Castle is. Glenn! What's the matter, honey? Do you suppose our castle has a mo- Just give me strength, that's all I ask. Of course it does. Every castle has a moat, and I am going swimming in ours first thing. I love you dearly, dear, but you're stark raving mad. Why? Because no one in the history of civilization has ever gone swimming in a moat, that's why. It's utterly ridiculous. What do they use them for, then? Well, they're used for, uh... uh yeah? Well, repelling, uh, warriors and, uh, enemies and from the castle walls. Oh, I see. I'd look perfectly ridiculous swimming in a moat full of water. But uh, you'd look perfectly sane standing on the ramparts with an iron helmet on your head, whopping Turks over the head with a mace. Guess I just wasn't thinking, that's all. Truce. <laughs> Truce. Oh, well... Maybe we'll just find a ghost or two. Like, uh, like Henry VIII. Or Bluebeard. Stalking his victims at night. Anyone <laughs> ever tell you to be so good looking you're pretty creepy? More than likely what we'll find is a nice old couple that we're gonna have to dispossess. Hmm. Sounds very dull. Hey. There it is. They pull up to the house and we get some great shots of that house. And they are almost greeted by that homely giant, but he hides and they knock on the door to be greeted by John Carradine. Open the door and you know the drill. Dialogue with John Carradine equals next clip. Oh, I'm Mr. Cannon, the new uh, owner of Falcon Rock. We'd like to speak to the towns, please. They are not available until after sun. Would you like to wait? Uh, well, uh, perhaps you could show us around. The moat and things like that? Of course, Matt. My pleasure. Thank you. This way. I just love this old cat. There's so many things I could do with it. Yeah, it sure could use a little color. You know, I was afraid you might find it a little uh, depressing. Oh, no. I love it. Will you smile a little? Uh, we can live here, can't we? I mean, if I marry you. Well, I sure hate to tell the old couple they have to leave. Pardon? Welcome to Falcon Rock. Uh, I'm sorry we kept you waiting. I wish I'd known you were coming. Well, we tried to call, but uh, you were unlisted. We haven't, well, never felt the need. Somehow a telephone would be out of place at Falcon Rock. Yes, we sort of uh, like our privacy now. Oh, my goodness, yes. The outside world is so frightening today. What with motor cars, trains, and planes, and wars. <laughs> Why, a person could get killed out there. Uh, forgive my curiosity, but I, uh, well, we expected a much older couple. <laughs> well, now, Charles, isn't the young man galant? And uh, his young friend here, so uh, robust. We must insist they stay for dinner. Well, what I mean is you have had the lease for 60 years, and, well, I expected a couple at least 90 years old. <laughs> well, my father had the same name, and when he passed away, I just forgot to renew the lease. <laughs> well, I guess old Uncle Thomas didn't mind as long as he got his annual check. <laughs> I suppose you'd want us to send the check to you directly from now on, huh? Well, uh, no. You see, we uh, are getting married, and, uh, well, we've decided to live here. Are you sure? This is hardly the place for a young couple. I picture you two in a vine-covered cottage. Something cozy and intimate. 
Liz has her heart set on living here. I really don't think you would like it here, my dear. No modern conveniences. Rats in the cellar, bats in the tower. Drafty and cold. No, you wouldn't like it here. Perhaps you want to sell. No, I'm afraid not. Liz has her mind made up. And whatever Liz wants, Liz gets. And she wants Falcon Rock Castle. Uh, then they must stay overnight. Uh, we can decide how to handle the situation tomorrow. George, will you take our guests to their bedroom so that confession up for dinner? Very good, sir. Oh, thank you. If you will follow me, please. I'm sure Johnny will find a solution. Yes, he comes in handy once in a while. And then there was this character. He used to hold out his hand. He'd ask me what was in it. And I'd say an elephant. And then he'd say, what color? <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to have you back, John. We've missed you. Oh, it's good to be back. I hated that play. You know that I was the only sane one there. Sane? How did you come to that conclusion? Or are you just being facetious? Well, you must admit I'm rational. I don't think I'm Napoleon. I don't see little green animals on the end of my bedpost. How about your psychopathic desire to kill? Is that normal? Oh, well, we all have our little shortcomings, don't we? <laughs> of course, I don't fight mine. Most people do, because society says it's wrong. They develop conflicts within themselves. I don't fight my impulses. Therefore, I don't have any problems, except when that damn moon is full. Sometimes I seem to lose my control over my power of reasoning. Johnny, I know you'll be a great credit to our way of life. George says that you used to be called Count Dracula. But I understand that he died over some years ago. There are some things better left unsaid, buried with the past. 300 years old. And you say you don't look any older than the day you were converted? It's amazing. It's a fountain of youth. Even modern science hasn't figured out how to stop the aging process. Stay with us, John. Never have to fear growing old or dying. You mean I'll always be young-looking and have the energy of youth? You must drink the blood of the young. That's the real secret. And the best is a rare type AB from young girls. That sounds like fun. I may even resort to stalking my victims and biting their necks as you used to do. Oh, no. Believe me, Johnny. This modern technique is much less strenuous and creates far less complication. Who knows? Someday someone might invent synthetic blood. And then we may even become law-abiding citizens again. Now, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> In the meantime, we have a problem. Yes. The new owners of Falcon Rock will soon join us. They uh, want to live here. That does create a problem. Are you suggesting that I do away with them? Well, I wouldn't like to have to move, but how can we explain this sudden disappearance? I'll think of something. Come in, my dears. I want you to meet a very special friend of ours, Johnny Desmond. These are those nice people who are going to dispossess us. Glenn Cannon. Mr. Cannon? Uh, well, how do you do? And Liz Arden. Hello. Pleasure to meet you. Martini? Please. Uh, same. Won't you sit down, please? You must do something very glamorous, like uh, be an actress? I'm on it. My fiancé is a photographer. Oh, it's a good combination. You must lead a very exciting life. Johnny, tell them how dull it is. I'm sure they'd both be extremely bored here. Oh, I doubt that. It's pretty hard to get bored with old Liz around. Well, it looks like we'll have to take a different approach if we want to talk the cannons out of taking over the castle. Well, maybe we'll think of something before the evening's over. I told him about the bats in the tower. And the rats in the cellar. I'd like to hear about the ghosts. Ghosts? Oh, I'm sure Bluebeard must have killed a wife or two. This is a perfect setting for a murder. Yes, isn't it?
that ends the first half of the film with that mega long blast of dialogue that everybody just had to suffer through. Good for them. <laughs> I'm happy everyone had to suffer through it. It was just a, like we did. It was in the movie. It was much easier to record it and shorten it than it was to write all that down. That's right. A lot of details in the dialogue. When he goes for exposition, Al Adamson goes for exposition. And the reason that I went to the first half of the film being over is because, well, I just got lost in trying to get the notes done and didn't really pay attention to the fact that I went about five minutes or so over the 40 minute mark. So let's just deal with it. We're at the first yeah. half of the film down. Let's, let's just, let's just run with it. <laughs> yeah. If we have anything to add, there's not really a lot going on so far just yet to really sink our teeth into other than the murdering bastard is a murdering bastard. Yep. A lot of murdering bastards out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should just move on then. Yes. Let's move on. Guy's murdering. He's a werewolf. There's vampires. Okay. Only in certain cuts is he a werewolf. Yeah. Well, okay. But you know what I meant. Yeah. But he thinks he's a werewolf in this or like has some kind of draw to the moon as well. And apparently yeah. John Carradine is a moon worshiping, like, like sacrificing evil wizard guy. And the vampires are byproducts of that. But he still serves them because they saved his life. Yet he's also immortal too, I think. But I'm not sure. Maybe. <laughs> Something. The film is not really interested in telling us, and I'm not really interested in trying to figure it out. Well, if they're not going to tell us, why do we have to figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the next portion of the film with the percentage or fraction of time left and the amount of minutes to complete before the next 20 is up, being omitted here for Matt's sanity. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that point that we're entering into the story once again starts with a lady screaming in the night. Our main heroine lady, who is the model, ends up running to her fiance's room to wake him up, and he is the new owner of the castle, as we had said or heard earlier. She hops out of bed to investigate, and then she goes to wake him up. That leads to our sixth clip. Glenn, 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 did you hear it? Yeah, what? That scream. Oh, it's probably just a noise like the wind in trees or something. There's no wind. Oh, honey, you've been nervous all evening. It's just a strange bedroom. That's all. You know, that buckle, he gives me the creeps. No, I'll admit he probably wouldn't win a personality contest. And, and did you notice at dinner that they served us wine out of a different bottle than the Townsend's? Well, I don't blame him. I wouldn't serve my wine to a guy who was about to dispossess me either. But did you also notice that they kept talking about all those things and oh, I just... Honey, come on, will you please? It's late. <laughs> You see, there it is again. Do, do you suppose someone's in trouble, Glenn? No, I don't. I think it's probably someone using an electric toothbrush that just got short-circuited. That's not very funny, Glenn. Well, aren't you going to do anything about it? I certainly am. Well, what? I am going to curl into the prenatal position, stick my thumb in my mouth, and pull the covers over my head. Glenn Cannon, that's not very funny. Didn't it ever occur to you? It might be a personal family argument. Women don't scream like that over a silly little spat. <laughs> Honey, I've heard women scream like that over a run in their stock. Well, if you're not going to do anything about it, I'm just going okay. to have to... Okay, okay, you win. I'll investigate. <clears throat> without me, you won't. You didn't think I was going down there alone. Oh, Jesus. They're back and forth. Uh, listen, it, I mean, she's a nag. She nags, man. Yeah, but he's also a misogynistic <laughs> asshat, too. Well, of course he is. Yeah, it's the 60s. That's how they are supposed to, supposed to be perceived to that, each other. That's how they fought one another. Yeah. They, he got to be a misogynistic dick, and she just nagged him almost to death. <laughs> <laughs> they go snooping about.
out for the source of the scream, they realize it's in the basement and light up an ornate candelabra to head down the stairs while making more quippy jokes at each other before bumping into the homely giant and screaming to run away like this is a live-action Scooby-Doo or some shit. Yeah, like, zoinks, yo. When's the Scooby snacks? (laughs) There just needed to be a smoke outline of the two of them with a line going when they took off. Right, yeah. They foot it... Jesus. They foot it back up the stairs like some smart people and lock the door behind them. As soon as they do that, they run directly into John Carradine, and because it's John Carradine, that is also our seventh clue. What's horrible? What was it? I don't know, but I'm not going to open that door and find out. Oh, it's you. Uh, What what, what was... We just saw a... A a monster? That high! Oh, you probably saw a character. He looks frightening, but he's really harmless. As gentle as a lion. But but those screams down there, what were they? Screams? What screams? I didn't hear any screams. You must have heard them. It just sounded like a girl. Oh, you must have heard our toucan. A tropical bird like a pack. Perhaps Mango forgot to cover cage. Now, where are the townsends? They're retired. I assure you, there's nothing to be alarmed about. I, I, I guess we're just not used to these, these old castles. Come, let me show you to your rooms. That is some expert level fucking gaslighting right there for sure that he just did. Oh yeah, pretty much. The film, Welcome to it. The film cuts away from this to the young couple cavorting about in the ocean like a couple of nitwits wanting to get eaten by a fucking shark. Yeah, just <laughs> why don't you throw yourself in the shark tank? You'll be all right. Cut yourself while you're at it. Everything's going to be just fine. He looks with you the black eyes like a dull's eyes. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. We got to get a bigger boat. Yeah, I wrote in my notes uh, after I made that reference to them getting eaten by a shark um, as a joke. I wrote, if Matt does a Jaws joke, do one of your own and then read this out to spoil all the fun all of the time for everyone. <laughs> well, we did it. <laughs> they get smart and get the fuck out of that water and towel off. And the film cuts from that to the women being fed by the homely giant. And again, I need to discuss this with my therapist, why this is so titillating to me when I get my next tattoo. Again, tattooing is not therapy, man. What is wrong with you? Why are you fixating on that and not the fact that I'm really enjoying watching women being chained up and fed by a giant? The, okay, well, number one, that's bad, but you get therapy for that and maybe fix it. That's good. Yeah, I have a tattoo scheduled this month. We're fine. That's not therapy, Court. The giant exits the basement area, and I am starting to think that Rob Zombie got most of the plot of House of a Thousand Corpses here for some of this shit. (laughs) Everyone starts wandering around outside all of a sudden and then uh, the couple runs into Johnny. There's more fucking dialogue and fuck it, I was sick. Here's our next clip. Hello, Johnny. What are you doing up so early? The tractor ran out of gas. Enjoy your swim? Yeah, water's great. Beautiful. You like horses? I love them. I can't ride, though. I'd be glad to teach you. Would you? Yeah, that's a deal. He'll be our first house guest. Uh, where are the Townsends? Haven't you heard? They don't come down till late afternoon. Must be allergic to the sun or something. With all the noise around here last night, I'm surprised anyone got any sleep. Must be that damn bird and the dog. You'll get used to it after you've been around for a while. Keep looking up at the sky. Expecting rain or something? Well, sometimes you can see the moon in the daytime. You're expecting a full moon tonight. Moon? <laughs> Maybe you need a night out on the town, Johnny. That was the plan, except the Townsends are planning a dinner party in your honor, and I'm invited. Dinner party? Tonight? Well, I hadn't heard about it. As a matter of fact, we'd expected to leave this afternoon. But I don't think that'll be possible. The butler told me he was putting your car away last night. There was something wrong with the engine. That's something about the fuel line being broken. Fuel line? Call the mechanic. He'll be up here first thing in the morning. That, that means we're going to have to spend another night here, doesn't it? Uh, Liz here positively thrives on logic, had you noticed? <laughs> Say, you know, you've got a very interesting face. 
For a small fee, the old master will be glad to immortalize you on the celluloid. You don't mind, Mr. Cannon. I'd rather not. Well, it uh, certainly is a pleasure to meet someone with a normal ego. Yeah, now you take old Liz here. If there's a camera within 300 yards, her uh, good side just naturally turns toward it. <laughs> just like radar. Weirdest thing you've ever seen. But darling, I'm so phlogenic. <laughs> yeah, I guess we better go check out the car. It's in the main garage. Oh, okay. Thanks. See you later. Say, Glenn, what? that bird we heard scream last night. What did he say? Uh, toucan's bird. Large nose. Why don't we take a look at it? It's a good idea. That should be the door to the cellar, I think. Who are you? Help me to get out of here. Please. Please. Uh, we're guests of the Townsends. I'm Glenn Cannon, and this is my... This is fantastic. How did you get here? Thank God you're not one of them. I don't think I could stand much more. Please help me. This is terrible. What, what kind of people do a thing like this? Do something, Glenn. Standing around here to pry these open with. How long have you been here? Two, three days. I don't know how long. My car ran out of gas. A giant brought me here. They, they took blood from me. Blood? Do something, Glenn. We've got to do something. They're in there. How they believed that someone called for a mechanic to fix their car when they were distinctly told the night before there was no phone in the castle is beyond me. Yeah, that's. Uh, it seems like it's a a, a fat or a, a little nugget of information that they uh, should have maybe kept. <laughs> I think the first smart thing that they did was prove that an old toucan actually exists somewhere on the property, and the yeah. dumb way of doing it is to check for it in the dungeon first because that's what they were told that it was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> At the why in the why do you have a dungeon? <laughs> At the end of the clip, there the pair wander over to the two coffins and inspect them. They find the vampires in them and find it hard to believe. And there's dialogue. Fuck it, clip. This can't be happening. I think I'm on the verge of hysteria. Now, Liz, there is a perfectly sane and rational explanation for the whole thing. Let me hear it. Well, uh, they're vampires. That's all. What else? Oh, come on, Glenn. I'm scared enough already. This is the 20th century. Yeah, well, I don't care if it's the 50th century. Blood, coffins, chain girls. Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah. It's unfortunate you've discovered our little secret. We were saving it until dinner. Right. What kind of a madhouse is this anyway? Monsters, vampires, chain girls. Yes, I suppose it is a bit unusual. Unusual? Why, it's... Unusual to you, madam. To us, it's our way of life. Now, we're getting out of here right now. I'm afraid that's impossible, sir. I've had orders to team you. Yeah? You just try and stop me. Your car's out of commission. The dogs will tear you apart if you venture outside. And both Johnny and Mango would love an excuse to kill you. So I suggest you do not resist us. <laughs> It's pretty hopeless, doesn't it? George! It's almost sundown. Maybe you better wake the council. Yeah, do that. Ow! Leave her alone. What's that breakfast? <laughs> Your hands on her.
The murdering bastard creep menaces the model fiancé lady with a big damn knife for a while there, and that takes us over the hour mark of the film. Mm, man, it it takes a little bit to get here, but uh, once you get here, it's all right. <sighs> once the action starts, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, the Scooby-Doo thing that they tried to do with the two of them quipping and everything, it was nice that as soon as they went down to the basement and saw the actual horror, all of that drains away, and it gets a little bit more serious and a little bit more dour here. Um, there's been plenty of werewolf sightings that we have missed, and essentially the screaming that was blamed to be a toucan and then the barking of the dogs was actually the werewolf chasing a woman because apparently yeah. the werewolf would chase a woman and murder her and then bring the blood back to the vampires and somehow that sustains them in that cut i don't know how it fucking works but whatever i just wanted to point that out that there was like a few other sequences in there that padded out the time from an hour and 24 minutes to like an hour and a half even for the dracula's yeah. castle cut if anybody cares um it doesn't really add anything other than you just get to see a guy in a decent enough werewolf mask running around menacing more women and that um okay <laughs> nope. i mean I, I don't think that's good <laughs> It's not necessarily a bad thing if you're in a drive-in and you're just looking to kill some time, you know, before you make your next move. I suppose that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what this film was put on there for, was like to kill time so teenagers could grope each other in a car. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Not, it's a movie that they don't have to pay attention to. Unfortunately, we do because we're taking notes on these. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we, we don't have that choice. <laughs> Why don't we just finish off the film with a final run to the end? What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So the final run to the end of the film starts with the butler waking the Vampires and well, it's John Carradine fucking talking. So that's our next clip. Good evening, George. Good evening, Carlos. The moon is full tonight. Oh, this must be the night for the sacrifice. It seems a pity. We shall have to prepare the youngest and the purest. The great God Luna will be pleased. <laughs> Stop that maniac! Well, that can be arranged. Say when you sign the castle over to us. You're going to have your bloody castle. You let Liz go. I'm sure you understand it's impossible. However, you'll sign. Now, why should I sign it over to you? You'll only kill us to keep us from talking. Oh, no. We'll keep you alive. We need your blood. Johnny, I think we should invite our guests for the sacrifice tonight. And uh, in the meantime, I'll prepare the bill of sale. I'm sure Mr. Cannon won't give us any trouble when he sees what can happen to uh, girlfriend here. Anne, that is your name, isn't it? You should feel very honored, my dear. Tonight is the night of the full moon, and we have chosen you to be a token sacrifice to the great moon god Luna, whom we worship. Sacrifice? What do you mean? What are you going to do? We can't spoil the anticipation of our guests, so you two shall have to wait and see. George, Johnny, see that our guests are dressed properly. Certainly, Can I watch the purification? At your age. Come, we must prepare ourselves. They all head up the stairs, and it takes a lot of fucking scream time for them to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And the couple chained up with the remaining girls also makes me feel things I should get unpacked on my next tattoo session. Dude, you're not going to unpack anything on a tattoo session. You're just going to feel pain and then you have art and you didn't really work through anything. That is how I work through stuff, Matt. No, nope, it isn't. <laughs> it's or else looking at you, you'd be pretty well fucking healthy by now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not that tattooed yet. I'm there, though. I'm getting better, Matt. Every tattoo I get makes me a little better. You're, like, what are you, Victor Zaz? You, like, nick yourself for every murder? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I just, I'm not a cutter, Matt. I just get tattoos. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, you're, you're a cutter with extra steps. <laughs> I'm not a cutter anymore because I can get tattoos. <laughs> All right. Okay. There is much screaming from the model when the cleanest of rats I've ever seen in my life just go strolling around onto the dungeon set. And this feels even more screen time as we watch them watching the rats and screaming. Then we get an, oh no, a tarantula is crawling on someone's set of screams over and over until the murdering bastard frees the supposedly most innocent woman who is to be sacrificed. There is more dialogue explaining why he's doing this. I am dubious, but that's our next clip. Don't be afraid, little one. I can help you. I've let many people out of here. I have to look like I'm one of them. Don't be afraid. Take it easy. We'll even let your friends go. Come on. We have to wait a minute. Are you all right? Sit down. I guess I'm okay. Good. That's amazing. Truly amazing. I almost married a girl that looked exactly like you. When I first saw you, I just couldn't believe it. Almost? What happened? We were at the beach together. It was a beautiful night. It was a gentle breeze. The moon was full. And I took her into my house. <laughs> You're all the same. Everyone. <laughs> You meddling old fool. I'm through watching you sacrifice beauty and purity to your phony god. You violate our sacrifice. You can never be one of the eternal ones. Luna will reward your devotion. They cut from this to what looks like where Rob Zombie came up with the sacrifice scene at the end of his first movie, House of a Thousand Corpses, as a ritual walk up to a sacrifice begins, torches, black robes and all. Very cool <laughs> visual flair here. And it has yeah. a serious menace to it. This scene really works, particularly yeah, in the it, 60s. You feel creeped out. Anytime there's cultist type shit, there's a ceremony. I always get creeped out. John Carradine strips the sacrifice. She begs for her life. And John Carradine does a speech to summon the lunar god for these lunatics in our next clip. Please, you can't. I'll do anything. Please don't. Quiet, girl. You should be honored. Oh, great god Luna, dweller of the moon and controller of our destiny, we offer this sacrifice in your great and divine name as a symbol of our loyal devotion and worship to your high eminence. May your guiding light of the nocturnal Always reach across space and time. Be pleased to accept this, our offering, as a token of loyalty from your devoted followers. Oh, no. Somebody help me. Somebody stop. With that, they light the fire for the sacrifice, and we watch as it slowly burns, and she screams. They superimpose flames to sell it and cut to the group returning to the house. There is more dialogue, and that is our penultimate clip. George. Will you tell Mango to take the two girls to the cellar? And please have him quiet those dogs. And our friends here. They'll be our guests for dinner. Then we shall sign the bill of sale for the castle. It's getting late. We shall have to rush through dinner. George will serve us. Why should I sign Falcon Rock Castle over to you? You won't let us go. Oh, no, no. I want to keep you alive. You see, I need your blood. While you're alive, you'll always have the hope of escaping. Yeah, but don't try, please. George and Johnny will only be too happy to kill you. And that would be such a waste. I have such interesting plans for you. After a sacrifice, we must have a banquet and drink a toast to the great god Luna. You see, uh, 
people like us are very much affected by the full moon. All of us are affected by the full moon. It affects our blood. We must satisfy our lustful desire. May I drink a toast? It really why, my dear? May I suggest a toast to the great god Luna? You cannot offend our god. You must join us in the toast. Anybody move. Please, give me a couple of those sashes. Yeah, keep them covered. Sit down and cross your hands. Charles, can't you do something about this? You know, you, you can't get away with that. No, no. Just watch me. Yeah. That should hold you. I'm going after him. Shoot if Mango comes back. Look out! The butler and the owner of this property get into a tussle after the beef slam chest hero assaults an old man. We're supposed to feel like he's super brave by doing this. Yeah, he's oh, super, so brave. This begins a small whip fight and ends with Carradine falling to his death. They cut to upstairs as the fiance has a gun trained on the vamps. She hears a noise coming up from the cellar and it's clip time for our final clip. Quinn, I've been so worried about you. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I just killed a butler. Now all we have to do is worry about Mango. Mango? Where's Mango? It's almost daylight. Mango won't be of much help to you now. Please release us. Immediately. Oh, you can't be serious. We'll pay you any price you ask, but please let us go. All right, so you can jump back into your coffin and we forget the whole thing ever happened? We must return. Yeah, if you don't, what happens? You must let us go back to our coffin. It will soon be too late. Not a chance. Sorry. Mango finds the corpse of John Carradine and has a go at using the flail heading up the stairs. As the sun rises, upstairs, the vampire couple start to age before our eyes, and then in a cut, they are turned to dust as well. Mango emerges from the basement and is told to put down the flail. Two bats emerge from the dust of the vampire bodies, and Mango menacingly approaches the rock hard fist hero with the gun, despite his protest to not want to kill him. They all wisely flee, and Mango slowly and menacingly steps steps out and decides to chase the couple instead of the two girls that are escaping. Big Shoots empties the revolver into Mango and then throws it at him when that does nothing and we pad out the end of the film with the couple running up a large hillside with Mango in pursuit and gaining on them. Hero Mick fucks it up, gets knocked out in one shot, and the fiance is dragged off to the beach by Mango, literally kicking and screaming the whole time. Yeah, she's not having a good time. Hero Mick dropped the ball, comes to and gives Hero pursuit. Drop the ball. He comes to and <laughs> gives pursuit over very rocky and desert terrain. Mango lashes the lady to the sacrifice pole and produces a can of gasoline out of fucking nowhere, it seems. As well as an already lit torch once again out of fucking nowhere, it seems. Before Hero Mick whizzed it down his legs, attacks and does nothing to stop Mango before planting an axe in his back, dousing him in gasoline and setting him on fire. Mango crawls and walks to the cliff face and falls to his dummy death on a full body burn. Decent effects there for the time and the budget. Our hero couple embrace. Roll those fucking credits. So this is how Al Adamson's tricks work. You usually remember the finale of the film. Yeah. Usually forget about the stuff that we were complaining about or had issues with through most of the film. He throws in just enough sleaze, just enough degradation, just enough violence, just enough women in chains to make you question your own proclivities and why you're enjoying it so much if you're me and in need of another tattoo session. What are you? 
dude, a tattoo session isn't going to help you. <laughs> I'm starting to think you might be right. <laughs> Are you all right over there? <laughs> no, I'm really fucking sick. So don't take anything I say, you know, too seriously. You need some help? I think I'll be fine as long as I just keep with the uh, zinc lozenges and vitamin C and just, you know, plenty of fluids. Just keep pumping yourself full of drugs from <laughs> Big Pharma then. <laughs> God, I wish there was a vaccine for this shit. I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> I know, right? Oof. Anyway, the actual film itself is actually entertaining. The hour and 24 minute version of it anyway, the hour and 30 minute version, you feel the runtime so much more because while the werewolf mask is kind of okay and there's more ladies running around and being menaced, it adds nothing to the story and it really just adds to the runtime. Yeah, right. I'm guessing they maybe added that stuff later to replace bad footage for him to have another go at making money at this. Um, If that's the case and you don't mind it being in four by three, that might be the version to watch for you is Dracula's Castle. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, yeah. I would say just stick to the shorter version. I mean, <laughs> so far, Al Adamson seems to outweigh his welcome above an hour and 10, I think. Yeah. Because he passed yeah, a little agree. too much for that. That's what I'm getting the sensation from for the first three movies that we've covered. Um, and also, obviously, we've already watched the one that we're going to talk about next week with Matt. So I can confidently say that after about an hour and 10 minutes, some of his movies start to feel a little padded. Yeah, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure that the budgets are just going to plummet from here and his factor of caring is just going to plummet from here. And I don't know, maybe we'll pull the ripcord on it. Maybe we won't because I don't have anything else planned. So it's yeah, at I least going to be a great shows. I mean, listen, we can just live through this and just do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to make great shows, at least as we talk about it. And that'll let everybody know whether or not they should have bought that Al Adamson box set before they dive in. Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. I still have to come up with a fucking story time, even though we sort of made it over an hour here. I wonder what I'm going to do there. Yeah, no, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> now nah, I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, work it out with my tattoo artist later. No, Jesus Christ, that doesn't work. <laughs> We're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the Phantom's Night Beat on the Pirate Radio Edit. When we come back, I'll force a story time out of myself like I'm bobbing it up. Phantoms with the song Nightbeat. And again, sounds like it was stolen right out of this film for that instrumental. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. <laughs> sounds maybe more like my movie actually that I'll be doing next week for that one. So, oh, I've got plenty of stuff that fits with yours in the theme as well. So, you know, yeah, it's all great. There you go. I think I finally pulled something out of my ass for our next story time. Hey, all right. Story time. 
story time. I'm pretty sure that we've already told everybody the story about how we met, like, you know, working at the same call center, which doesn't yeah. exist anymore. So we could almost use the same name, but we want to hide our identities. So for, to protect yeah. ourselves, maybe we won't. Oh well, yeah, man. But that thing hasn't existed in a long time. Right. Like 20-ish years, give or take, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So it was 2001 to 2002-ish that we were both working at the same quote unquote web enabled call center, which just basically meant that they were using the earliest version of of a voiceover IP call system instead of phones to say money, yeah. right? Yes. Do you remember the name of the software? Oh, Jesus, no. Cosmo Call? I've, sound I've worked with so many softwares in my life. I, I have no idea. Cosmo Call? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. I want to talk about how you and I are trauma bonded from working at this place using the voiceover P IP software and doing the most bullshit call center job for inbound you possibly could ever do. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was really bad. It was not good. We had a contract in the company that we were working for where they were working with a now gone regional bell operating company or phone company that was just split up from Ma Bell being split up. Yeah. Literally, our job was to talk people out of removing features so that the company could keep the money raking in from them. That's all we were paid to do. Yeah, that was it. We were incentivized and, uh, for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what would happen is this company would just, the people would call it for service and in company would give people service that they didn't even want, which, uh, not good. A lot of regional bell operational companies like that, and I won't name the specific one because one, it's now gone. And, you know, two, they all were doing this. This happened to us when Bev got her first phone line in Pittsburgh for the dorm. They loaded yeah. it with literally every package they could offer on a phone just to get that that boost in their sales because that was the way the requirement was. And a lot of people would cut corners like that. It happened so much that there were antitrust suits at the time for that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. There was like a ton of uh, people had a bad time, man. I I mean, there's a lot of lawsuits that were around after after all that. We were getting calls from people that were noticing this and were trying to talk them out of getting rid of everything and trying to talk them yeah. down from the ledge when they were really pissed off with every justifiable right to be. Yeah, exactly. And the only reason that we were getting this call, because when they claimed that it was something that they did not order, an investigation had to be launched. So we had to flag everything and then try and talk them down to a smaller package. And we were incentivized to be able to do that. Now, the yes. reason that I say that we were bonded- Incentivized, yeah. The incentivized was for us to keep our jobs. <laughs> no, we got additional, like, I think it was like 25 cents for something and then a dollar for something else if you saved everything. Just uh, just to let everyone know, I wasn't very good at this job. <laughs> I did okay just because it was the way that I was able to make money. And when you live in Omaha, at that time frame especially, call centers were all you had. That was your only option, especially if you were just a kid. Yeah, and I will say that I, I was at the tail end of my time of wanting to be there. I had been there longer than court had, so my uh, I was just done. <laughs> right, and we already talked about how there was a power outage. Um, you were having a nicotine fit, and I quoted Clerks the Animated Series. That's how we started chatting. Well, Yes, that when, is right. When we got put on this save... Saving the sale, I think is what they called it, right? Was our group. Um, Save the sale. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. When we what got put those on bastards that, called it. There was a group of us that would all sit together and we would just help each other through difficult calls and all of that stuff. And we got some of the worst verbal abuse. We took the front of everybody's anger. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Everything. Yeah, it was some of the worst abuse that we've ever gotten. To the point where even I, at that point, stopped caring about the job. And then we invented, this is what the story is really about. Do you remember the flim flam? Do you remember how we did that? Remind me again, but I, I remember flim flam. But yeah. 
Okay, How did so, we do it again? Uh, since this voice over P uh, software had a answer call or hang up or ignore or something along those lines, or you could go unavailable to be able to go to the bathroom, if a call yeah. came in, it would sit there and ring because you could set it to not auto answer, even though they demanded you set it to auto answer. Um, and if it came in for the ring, you could just go unavailable for a minute until it went away. And yeah. Then, oh, yeah, that's right. And then go back available. And it's like a work avoidance trick that we would use, like, which is a yeah. fireable offense in a call center because that's all they want is you to answer the calls and take the abuse well it got but to somehow the point, we, we were able to pull it in there oh i remember how that's also part of the story yeah yeah we we found the right the right way to do it without getting caught this voiceover ip software had to be in the system tray and if you right clicked over the icon on the system tray in that um i found this remember <laughs> if i right clicked yeah. over that and on that that icon in the system tray and then it said um find target or whatever where you could actually go to where it was if you mm-hmm. shut down the program and then deleted the Cosmo Calls QA function that was monitoring your movements and watching your screen and all of that kind of stuff, if you deleted that app right as you killed it in the task manager with that find target as, it couldn't find it to relaunch it and it just errored out. And yeah. I remember showing you how to do that. And then we started showing all the other workers how to do that and then also taught them all how to do flim flam to the point where it got where there'd be four of us working and we'd hear the call going between the four of us in a circle until someone- The mistake we made was showing other people. People. Yeah, we were far too nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we were. I, I, even then, I was kind of workers' rights, right? You know. Yeah, and, I mean, I, we all were, but I mean, I, I would have just kept it for us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I understand why. But at that point, when uh, we started showing everybody else, you were like not even showing up for work and like calling oh, in yeah, sick no. on days and all sorts of stuff. Like you were just done and looking for another job at that point, anyway. There's, I uh, kept getting suspended for a day, and the day I kept getting suspended for was Friday, so. I kept getting three-day weekends. Or Mondays. You would get a Friday or a Monday because they would always suspend you. Like, that was a punishment for you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll see everyone at Buffalo Wild Wings. We had a Buffalo Wild Wings right next to it. So, (laughs) Right, right. And so I was thinking about that. Like, you and I don't actually share feelings, feelings as much. Like, you're not my go-to guy whenever I need somebody to talk to. And I'm not your go-to guy when you need someone to talk to. And it's not that we wouldn't be there for each other. It's just that we've already been there in some of the worst circumstances in our youth at that call center getting abused every day and mistreated and really yeah. just being super depressed and overstressed and cortisol levels like out the wazoo. And so it's kind of like an unspoken thing with you and I, where it's like, I know if you need me, you know that I'm there. And same thing with yeah. you. Like, you know that like, if you need somebody to talk to about some shit, but the thing is, is you and I have also had lifelong friends that are our go-tos for that type of support that yeah. we never really needed that for each other. So we've kind of become this like trauma bonded pair of dudes that are just literally joking our way through life, trying to just ignore the fact that that the world is falling apart around us like we've always been. And that's the dynamic of our friendship. Like, Yeah, that's pretty much always been uh, uh, what it's always been about. Yeah, and it's just us finding some way of laughing about this horribleness that uh, th- that usually envelops our lives. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where a lot of our routines got started. That's where a lot of the, the sort of pitter-patter back and forth and how we tightened up our comedy because we were always trying to cheer everybody else up and everything like that. So from day one, our friends 
friendship has been about creating escapism for ourselves and our comrades around us. Like that's yes, always what much. we've done. And it's continued on to cinema psyops, thankfully. And it's not something that I thought about until I started having a conversation with Dan Bone about this. So I wanted to bring yeah. that up because I kind of mentioned it to Dan, but I didn't really go into an explanation when I was talking or chatting with him about it. So now mm-hmm. I give the story to everybody and they know this is where our friendship comes from. And this is why him and I don't really kind of, we have been supportive of each other in the past, but it's not yeah. as much our go-to now because number one, I'm not going to be able to give Matt advice on how to sort out his life because I know nothing about raising a kid and having a fucking family. Well, the the raising part's kind of done, but uh, the having the family, yeah, uh, just, <laughs> just how it is. Right. And Matt's not going to come to me for advice because my answer to everything is just get a fucking tattoo. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. And I'm just... I- I'm not going to get a tattoo, (laughs) (laughs) which is fine. You know, you can deal with things like a normal, well-adjusted adult. I'm going to get tattooed. Okay. Let's, let's not go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you face things head on. I get tattooed is what I'm saying. Uh, There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Even head on is a little bit weird. Maybe I'd buy a wrestling belt or I just get drunk, but. (laughs) All right. So you keep the darkness and the depression at bay through buying things differently than me getting tattooed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should start supporting each other jesus we have some really unhealthy habits we reveal to each other yeah right well yeah all everything i have is just unhealthy in a way that i'm just like uh uh either cost money like i'll either barbecue and eat that smoke a cigar have a bourbon it's always gonna be something <laughs> well they've commoditized every type of thing that will give us joy because that's the great way to get us money get out get that's, the money out that's of us, also so. true yeah yeah well, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and end it here. We're going to play the very chipper show housekeeping that really much is going to sound very offbeat compared to the dour way that this conversation ended. When we come back, right, we'll no have Zachary, the horror host himself, with the song Dinner with Dracula on the Pirate Radio Edit. And if you can't figure out why we chose that, you didn't pay attention to the, what was happening in this film. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'll be up right after this. If you've decided you can't get enough of the show and would like to check out more of it, we're available at legionpodcast.com. Just do a quick search for Cinema PsyOps or just enter this entire URL into your browser, www.legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. Also available along with all of the fellow Legionnaires on the Legion Discord chat. And now let's give you a rundown of the memes and how you're going to get them through Cinema PsyOps. The easiest place to go is to subscribe to our Instagram feed, which is our main meme repository at cinema underscore psyops. Or you could also follow the Facebook page of Cinema PsyOps because they are immediately posted there after they get posted to the Instagram repository. And you can also check out the Facebook group of Cinema PsyOps and the memes are shared there. I am available on Facebook as Court PsyOps because the memes are also shared there as well. Thanks for listening to the show. I still can't believe that you're subscribed to us or here every week just like us.
know Zachary, I can't fucking help you, so I'm not going to do that. That that was fun. <laughs> Zachary's shit was always fucking fun. He was like one of the original horror hosts, and he lived for a very long time and influenced a ton of them, including Joe Bob. Joe Bob was the biggest fan and still is the biggest fan of Zachary. Oh, and that, yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. So <laughs> there you go. I got nothing else on that. So while you're out there astounded at my knowledge of horror hosts and wondering why I even give a fuck, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch while you listen to the medallions with the song Behind the Door, which I swear if you listen to the lyrics, we fucking fit. Yep. All right, awesome. And can you hear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Word up. Recording in progress. By the way, you sound great. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like absolute shit. Uh, Rinsing out my sinuses, got rid of the Kathleen Turner overdrive just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little, though. I mean, it sounds sultry. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes when you are... I mean, I I started feeling, like, really bad Friday night, like, about 2 or 3 in the morning. I woke up. I hate that when you know it's coming. Yeah, (laughs) but um, I was starting to feel, like, some symptoms that I thought were sort of like the symptoms... So I uh, I kind of noticed that it was coming on, and I did that like dissolve a uh, thing of zinc, like those like lozenge things that are just pure zinc and some vitamin C or whatever. I just dissolved one of those on the back of my tongue, not like an emergency that's effervescent, because that would have sucked and really hurt. But yeah. just just like a normal like has the stuff in it, and it's just like a powdery thing that you're just supposed to like like a chewable tablet. Well, instead of chewing it, I just fucking dissolved those at the back of my throat where my sinuses are, and that usually helps shorten the cold. And I did that um, when I woke up Friday morning, and I wasn't feeling so good i did that like a couple of times like every couple of hours and then i've done it a couple of like i did it last night and i did it again this morning where i dissolved that and that should help shorten it it's yeah. always helped shorten it in the past zinc zinc is uh is a good choice too yeah and i'm zinc just always shortens my colds yeah i'm just gonna get fucking high as shit like during and after the recording and just go the fuck to sleep because i got like less than two hours of sleep last night so it fucking blows yeah man let's get this going so you can get some sleep <laughs> All right, well, I got the theme going, and or I'm ready to go. I just want to make sure everything's not too loud. You heard all the stuff. I got my notes. Let's uh, get going with episode 444, Al Adamson, the Blood of Dracula's Castle, and you had Satan Sadus, right? Yep. Yeah. Ooh, sorry about that. I didn't realize. That was yeah. way more rough than I remembered it, but let's save that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's save it, but yeah. All right, here we go. I just keep feeling progressively worse as this episode goes, and I don't know why. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you're you're gonna be in. Uh, we just get get you through this episode, and then you can just hang back on mine. <laughs> it's a thing. Three, two, one.
there you go. I got nothing else on that. So while you're out there astounded at my knowledge of horror hosts and wondering why I even give a fuck, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch while you listen to the medallions with the song Behind the Door, which I swear if you listen to the lyrics will fucking fit. That's some Stephen King shit right there. (laughs) Yeah, right? No shit. Jesus. Making making the lyrics of a song change completely. (laughs) All right, let's take the break. I'm going to try and clean out my sinuses again and stuff, and then we'll be back in there in like five minutes or so and uh, try and get your recording done. How's that sound? All right, sounds good. All right, here we go. Recording stopped.